If you're watching this channel, it's because you don't enjoy watching the world squander what Christendom built, but you want to do your part. And chances are you've heard me mention a great means by doing just that. Email made by and for Catholic. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Check out fide.email. That's F-I-D-E-I dot email. Built for Catholic individuals, families, organizations, and groups. They're private, secure, and of course, they're Catholic. And they're offering two months off on your first year for an annual subscription if you enter the coupon code return to tradition without spaces that's the name of this channel without spaces at checkout there's been a lot of talk of schism in the church and for a long time francis even quipped once that he felt that he might be the pope that kicks off a schism well it looks like the vatican is not only going to recognize that this might be the reality they're also leaning into it they're practically embracing it the key to understanding this was the rollout of fiducia supplicants. I know we're all exhausted of hearing about that topic. But the synodal way, in the, the synod of synodality itself, has kind of given us a hint of this. The Vatican has hinted at this. Vatican mouthpieces in the United States have hinted at this. They've all been on the same page remarkably about a couple of things. One, that they're ramping up their crushing of the traditional Latin mass. And two that you're going to begin to see two churches within one in the Latin West. Two churches within one. One that has leaned into this progressive theology with the ordination of women and with the embrace of the James Martin morality and the, and the rethinking of traditional Catholic morality, and the other where none of that happens. If that makes sense to you, if that sounds sustainable to you, then you're going to love the things coming from Rome. But if that doesn't make sense to you, if that sounds like it conflicts with the Catholic faith and what we know about the church and the very concept of a universal church, then buckle up, folks. Things are going to get rocky. So we turn to this. We turn today to a very, very long article that I'm going to give you a relatively small section of from the Pillar with this headline: "The Two-Speed Church Agenda for the Synod." A two-speed church. You're never going to see the word schism as far as I as, as far as I recall in this section or in the, in the entire article. But you're going to have two parallel churches existing, coexisting in the same space, with Francis allegedly the head of both, and then his successor, whoever that is, when that time comes. How this works is anybody's guess, but this is schismatic. It it can be nothing but schismatic. The Synod on Synodality here, as you're going to see from this report, from the very moderate, very carefully measured tone of the pillar, is an admission. You're going to see an admission here that the Vatican is open to rethinking Catholic morality and past doctrinal rulings 
that limited certain things or banned certain practices. Everything now is up for grabs. And I do mean everything. So from this article, quote, Cardinal Victor Manuel Fernandez originally stated that the dicastery would not be issuing detailed guidance on the application of fiducia supplicants and suggested that bishops and bishops' conferences had no authority to regulate the pastoral blessings described by the document. But in the wake of considerable concerted pushback from the bishops of Africa, the cardinal did issue detailed guidance on the form of such blessings and accepted that no such blessings were acceptable to the bishops of Africa and would not be offered by the church there. According to an account given by Pan-African Bishops' Conference President Cardinal Fridolin Ambongo Basungu, the Congolese prelate even went as far as dictating a text to Cardinal Fernandez for him to type an issue with his own Pope's approval. But many church watchers suggested at the time that the African pushback on fiducia supplicants was evidence of a new, more active, and powerful church in Africa, whose bishops have the confidence and authority to block radical proposals, buck Roman decisions, and demand doctrinal clarity. Others, however, warned that the African bishops' victory should actually be more narrowly understood and likely signaled Rome's comfort with a two-speed church emerging, with Western bishops' conferences moving ahead with progressive reforms, both doctrinal and disciplinary, and those in other parts of the world allowed to opt out for the time being. End quote. One wonders what other parts of the world this is going to be. Will this be the Eastern churches? Will the Byzantine church and the Maronites and the Syro-Malabar rite and all the rest be expected to adopt this more progressive posturing? Or will they be expected to follow suit with the African bishops and withdraw from those doc from those requirements? And what requirements are we talking about here? It's worth noting that Francis brought to the Vatican experts on women's ordination from North America and from the Anglican Communion to have a conversation about the ordination of women to the diaconate. They had this conversation despite the fact that Francis has repeatedly said that he can't do this. Tim Gordon has, in the past, pointed out on his channel that you that the way to understand what's going on in Rome is to look back to Amoris Laetitia, how Francis had repeatedly said no to the issue of oh, the reception of the sacraments for those in civil uh, marriages the, that had divorced and remarried Catholics. Until he contradicted himself later and gave in to Walter Casper, Cardinal Walter Casper's demands through Amoris Laetitia. And it's uh, the infamous footnotes there. You could expect the same thing, he suggests, with the women's diaconate issue. And I tend to agree with that. I think that's where we're headed. Along with the uh, decentralization question where doctrine and dogma will be determined by the most badly catechized generation in history, the laity, <laughs> in a while the uh, hierarchy looks on and then implements what they want. That seems to be the d direction the synod on synodality is going. But one wonders, will the Eastern churches have to do those things? Will the African churches have to do those things? How, how far will the American bishops go with this? That's a question at hand. And it's a very, very real question, one that we should take very seriously. If we get an idea of this, let's go back to that article, because that the seg our section here that's worth talking about is very long, and I had to break this up for you in multiple parts just to, for brevity's sake. So, back to it. Quote, 
Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. The extent to which the ongoing synodal process seems geared towards accommodating, even prioritizing, the priorities of Western liberal bishops seem further illustrated by several moves in Rome in recent days. In addition to confirming the session dates for the October of Saturday, the Vatican also announced the appointment of a new slate of papally appointed consultants to the Synod's permanent secretariat in Rome. While the consultants include noted experts on the movement for women's ordination in the United States and German authorities on indigenous Amazonian spirituality, not a single representative from Africa was appointed in the slate of synodal consultors. Some Vatican observers are now increasingly convinced that the post-synodal recommendations and documents will push for decentralization of church teaching and discipline along the lines of fiducia supplicants, with European and North American dioceses given permission to ordain women and clerical celibacy and reimagine the church's moral teachings, and bishops' conferences in Africa Africa and Asia permitted to hold to, quote, traditional norms. In a speech delivered on February 16th, Cardinal Robert McElroy of San Diego appeared to argue for just such a two-speed federated post-synodal church. Speaking about the differing receptions of fiducia supplicants in the United States and in Africa, where blessings of persons and of double S types is absolutely prohibited, McElroy held the, quote, diverging pastoral paths as a model of healthy decentralization, rather than an obvious contradiction within the church. Quoting McElroy here, We have witnessed the reality that bishops in various parts of the world have made radically divergent decisions about the acceptability of such blessings in their countries, based substantially on cultural and pastoral factors, as well as the neo-reform of the invasion of foreign external cultures, the Cardinal said. This is decentralization in the life of the worldwide church, he said. Ahead of the final synodal sessions later this year, the increasingly urgent question is how much, quote, decentralization of the church's teaching is possible before it becomes total contradiction, and therefore ecclesial communion fractures, end quote. When you're at the point of admitting that they want to federate the church, federate, meaning grant greater independence to the National Bishops' Conferences, which would be the first time the National Bishops' Conferences, to my knowledge, have actually been recognized in a very formal way by the Vatican. The National Bishops' Conferences didn't exist until like the 1970s. They are definitely a product of Vatican II. And the push for this spirit of Vatican II on the church by the likes of Cardinals Bernadine and his confederates around the world. This would be giving that a for that structure more formal authority. And you would start having a different religion showing up in these different places. Think how different Anglicanism is, depending where you go in the world. That's what you're going to see here. This is the Anglicanization of the church. The Catholic church taking cues from the Anglican communion is 
rather twisted given that the Anglican communion, the Anglican church is withering away. To such a degree, by the way, that the logical outcome of their federation, of their greater independence, is that in many places of the world now, Archbishop Layman, uh, the Archbishop Welby, the, or the Archlayman of Canterbury, as I call him, his authority isn't even recognized by much of the Anglican communion anymore because of the progressive changes he's made in that religion. This is where we are heading in the Catholic Church. And the Anglican Communion is the guidestone for what will happen if we follow them. We are already seeing in the Catholic Church in the West fewer and fewer people going to Mass, unless you go to a traditional parish, which are bursting at the seams. But if you're not going to a traditional parish, then you can't help but notice that your ordinary form parishes are for the, are for the most part slowly emptying. This will pick up pace, and in some places in the world it will be absolutely catastrophic when they embrace this. Because in Germany, something like 5% of Catholics go to Mass on a regular basis. Northern European countries, the parishes are already functionally empty. This will accelerate that. It will not stop the decline. I'll remind you of the prophecy of St. Francis of Assisi about the coming of a destroyer pope, not canonically elected. How can it be anything else than what we're seeing now? If it's not him, if it's not Francis, I, I shudder to think about what that would look like in the future. Let me know what you think about this in the comments, please. Hit like and subscribe if you haven't. It does help. So does sharing this on social media. That helps too. And as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.